We worship the Lord for another moment today. God, I thank you, Jesus. God, I praise your wonderful name, O Lord. You are worthy, God, to be praised and exalted today, God. I love you, Lord, and I worship your holy name today, Jesus. Lord, you are mighty, God. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord, of all praise and all glory today, God. I love you, Jesus. I lift up your great name today, Lord Jesus. You are mighty, Lord. I worship you today, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Are you happy to be here this morning? Good to be in the house of the Lord to feel his presence. I feel like God wants to do something in this place today. Don't have any deep theology just simply going to talk about the Lord a little bit this morning, but I feel that God wants to do something. I thank the Lord for a, a pastor that is sensitive to the Spirit because I feel the exact same thing that he did, having everyone come together and pray together. I feel like God wants to move in this place this morning. I feel like there was a time in the beginning towards through the middle of this year where our church was spiritually very strong where God was moving in every service. And the power of God was falling in a great way every time we came together. And I feel like slowly that's been fading away. But I feel as our last time coming together in Sunday, last Sunday morning of this year, that God wants to bring that back, that spirit, that anointing, that power, and moving into next year, we can allow for God to bless and to minister to us. I feel that God wants to give a breakthrough to us this morning, but it all depends on how we respond to him and how we seek him. I really felt like he could have just taken over before, and that would have been all right. That's what I was hoping for, so I didn't have to come up here and I felt that God just wants to move today. And if we can be sensitive to him and allow him, God can change us and change our church and change and do great and mighty things today. We're going to talk for a little while today about the God of all creation. Matthew chapter number 6, verse 26 through 30 says, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are, not, are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for your raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And then Matthew chapter number 10, verses 29 through 31 says, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. For ye not fear ye not, therefore ye are more valuable than many 
sparrows. God, we thank you today, Jesus, Lord, for your blessings to us. We pray, God, that you would speak to us in this place. Let your word come forth. Let it touch our hearts. Open us, God. Open us to allow for your spirit to move and to minister and to bless us today, God. Lord, allow us to let the Holy Ghost do the work that you would desire and plan in this place today. And God, we thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord, and I worship your great name. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated this morning. I looked long and hard for a soundtrack, for a song that I wanted to sing with this message this morning, and I thank Brother Dan for his tremendous music memory. They say elephants never forget. I don't know how they've proven that. But brother, brother Dan doesn't forget music things. I literally gave him one line of the song from probably the 90s, the last time anyone recorded it or sang it. And he, he's like, I can't tell you the name of the song, but it was Jonathan Moore that sings it based on that line. And I certainly, I looked up Jonathan Moore in the lines of the song, and there it popped up. It was Jonathan Moore that sang. So thank you, Brother Dan, for remembering it says the song's name is is actually you know my name by a man named jonathan moore great singer good songwriter and i want to try to sing this song this morning we don't have a soundtrack i don't have much of a voice normally and especially not now but let's just worship the lord together as i sing this song because it goes along well with what we're talking about today Almighty God, Holy One, Great Eternal King, The One who was and is to come, The Lord of everything, All of heaven bows and prays, As the earth declares your name, And I am in all, that one so great would take the time to know my name and call me friend and long to fellowship with me to listen each and every time that I call there's not a second he doesn't know when I rise and when I fall, wonder of wonders, the God of all creation knows my name. The very hand that formed the stars now forms my destiny. The breath that spoke the world in place now speaks life to me. What a truth to comprehend that the Lord, the great I am, who orders the universe by the power of his hand, still knows my name and calls me friend. And longs to fellowship with me, to listen each and every time that I call. There's not a second he doesn't know 
When I rise and when I fall, wonder of wonders, the God of all creation knows my name. Lord, you see every time a little sparrow falls, how much more does the Father know his own? You know my name and call me friend and long to fellowship with me. To listen each and every time that I call. There's not a second you don't know when I rise and when I fall. Wonder of wonders, the God of all creation knows my name. Wonder of wonders, the God of all creation knows my name. I thank you, Lord. I'm so thankful for that today. It's so true. The God of all creation, he knows your name. It says in the scripture that we read that every single time a sparrow falls, it doesn't happen without God knowing about it. Every sparrow that dies, every animal, every being, every creature, everything on earth, nothing happens without God knowing all about it. And more than all of those things, he cares about you and he cares about me and he still knows my name. I'm thankful to know the God of all creation. God is the one that in the beginning of time said, let there be, and there was. Let there be light, and now there's light. And he separated the light from the darkness. Imagine seeing these things, there being nothing, and all of a sudden, he spoke the world into existence. He spoke life into existence. And there, there was just, I imagine the world being just a perfectly, a perfect circle, a perfect sphere. And then out of that, he created mountains to form, and he created waters to form, and he created trees to be to come out of the ground, and he created, then he created all the animals. He created, I mean, God has a great imagination for all the different kinds of creatures and animals and things, land-living animals, sea-living creatures. What an amazing imagination to be able to create everything. <clears throat> but God's greatest creation was he created man. He created man to be in his own image. And then instead of just making them alive, he breathed into man the breath of life. And I'm thankful to know the God that created everything today. How many of you are thankful for the Lord? Are you thankful not just for a God that created the world, but a God that robed himself in flesh? We just recently went through our Christmas season, the time where we celebrate the birth of a Savior. And I'm so grateful for the way that Jesus chose to come. He came in humility. He came and was born in a stable because there was no room for him in the, in the inn. I find it interesting, and I, and I wonder, if people knew 
that the child that Mary was carrying was to be the Savior and the Messiah. I wonder if anyone would have given up their room for him. I wonder if anyone would have said, you know what? That's the Messiah. I'll sleep in the stable. And he can sleep in my room. I wonder if the innkeeper knew who the baby that was being born was going to be would have kicked those people out of his room that he already gave up and said, no, this is for the Savior that's to be born. And I really wonder about this because 33 years later, some of these people were the same exact people that yelled, crucify him. Some of the people in that town may have been the very same people that said, kill him crucify him and mocked him and all the things they did. But Jesus came humbly and took on the form of a servant. And as we said, there was no room for Jesus and he was born in a stable. Now, let me ask you a question. <clears throat> We're going to have an open discussion here for a moment. How would you have chosen to be born? To come into this world? Anybody? I mean, you can be anything. You could come at any time period. You could come and do anything you wanted to be and be anything you wanted to be. If you wanted to come in the medieval time period and be a knight, you could do that. If you wanted to come and be a king, you could do that. Any idea how if you could choose to have any life that you want, what would you choose? Dan. Pastor Devil. Pastor Devil. <laughs> Dan would have come as Pastor Dibble, the savior of the world. Any other ideas? Who, what would you have done if you had your choice to come to earth any way you wanted to be and be anyone? Mary Beth would want to live in a castle like a princess or a queen. We all probably would choose something better, Zach. Spider-Man. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't think Jesus was Spider-Man, but there were a lot of spiders in the stable probably that night. So, But you could choose. You could have been anything you want. But he chose to come humbly and allowed himself to be born in a stable. I mean, he was the creator of the universe, right? He could have come in as Superman because he was Superman. You're going to come in there, nothing could harm him, and impenetrable. You know, you can throw a, shoot a gun at me, throw a spear at me, anything. Nothing could hurt him. He could have done that. He could have been Superman or Spider-Man, you know. But he could have been a superhero. He could have come down here like Superman and nothing could harm him. and Everyone would know who he was. But he chose to come and be just as you and I were. He chose to be born in a stable where there was sickness and probably mold and some nasty animals with fleas and all the different disgusting things that you have in a stable. But Jesus chose to experience everything that humans had to experience. He was born and he chose to go through things so that he would understand what you and I go through. I'm sure as a child he scraped his knee when he fell. I'm sure that as he grew up he had pains in his legs, in his back, in his knees, what they call growing pains. I hear a lot of young people, especially those that grow really quickly, 
have growing pains. Literally, you have, and I'm sure Jesus experienced all of that. He felt the need to go through his teenage years and to experience the difficulties and the hardship that come with that. Matter of fact, one time when Jesus was 12 years old, during the Passover, his family left and they, they thought he was with someone else and they left Jesus behind. I mean, what kind of a parent leaves their kid somewhere? Right, Lily? <coughs> I once left Lily here at the church not knowing that she was supposed to be going home with me, forgetting, and thankfully uh, the McLaughlins was here and Carly took excellent care of her, so it was, it was all good, but I, I once did that. But what kind of a parent leaves their kid somewhere, especially for three days? Like, Jesus was gone for three days before they finally got back to him and found him. Lily, it was only like 20 minutes that I was gone. I, went, I made it as far as Wendy's, so I got some food and then came back, but priorities. But, I mean, what kind of a parent leaves their kid? And when they came back, does anyone know where they found Jesus? In the temple, ministering, teaching the teachers and the preachers and the leaders. And were his parents proud of him for doing what he was supposed to do? No. His mama was mad at him. Just imagine you, any of you here, imagine your mother or your father when they come and find you that you ran away for three days and they couldn't find you. Danny, you would have got whooped. Yeah, definitely. Most of us here probably would have been in some serious trouble if we had gone missing for three days. So Jesus, he said, but, but mom, I was just about my father's business. I was just doing what I was put on this earth to do to teach and to preach and to minister to people. But that didn't really help. Mom was still kind of mad. And Jesus got in trouble. He had to go through those years. But you know what? He learned a very important lesson that day. He learned submission to authority. And unless you learn to be submissive to authority, you're, all, you're going to have a hard time holding proper authority over those that you're supposed to be authority over. And if I'm, I could be mistaken, but I don't see anywhere else in the Bible where Jesus preached, taught, or did any miracles or anything, again, written down, at least it could have happened, but written down until he turned water into his wine and he did it because his mother, the authority over him, told him to do it. That was the next time that you see him doing anything that it shows in the Bible because he learned that I have to learn authority. And if God knew that if they were going to respect me and they were going to, I have to learn authority and to be submissive in that way. Jesus did everything that you and I did, but he did it without sin. He felt pain. He was brokenhearted. He was betrayed. By Judas, Judas betrayed him with a kiss. Anybody ever had a friend stab you in the back? Anybody ever had a friend turn their back on you? Anybody ever been that person that you know you've hurt someone else and you've wronged someone else? Jesus experienced that. Why? Because in order to be able to help you and I through these situations that we go through, Jesus had to experience it for himself. He was beaten, he was whipped, he, was, he felt pain, he felt hunger, starving basically to the point of death. He felt it all. He went through, he was tempted just like we were. 
but he didn't sin. Jesus, the God of all creation, the one that spoke the worlds into existence, chose to come in a way that he could experience life the same way that you and I experience, simply so that he could be our Savior and be able to relate with us. He can relate with you. You think people think that a lot of other people can't relate with me? Well, God can relate with you because God went through things the same way you and I went through things. But God, I'm so thankful that he did all that he did. There was a, a point in the Bible where Jesus <clears throat> was in the boat with his disciples. And the scripture says that they were in the disciples and or they were in the boat and Jesus fell asleep in the back of the boat. Now, I feel pretty safe knowing that Jesus is with me all the time. But for some reason, the disciples decided not to bother him. And they toiled for a while. They spent probably hours trying to bail the water out. And they were fishermen, so they knew how to sail a boat. They did everything they could. They were trying to keep themselves from capsizing, keeping. But the storm got to a point where there was nothing else they could do. And the Bible says they came and they woke Jesus in the back of the boat. And he said, Jesus, don't you care that we're about to perish? How many times have you been going through a problem in your life or going through a hard time or something? And then at the very last minute, God, don't you care? When he's basically saying, I've been here the whole time. I've been here through every step of this trial you've been going through. I've been here through every step of this problem. I've just been sitting here waiting for you to come to me, to tap me on the shoulder, to wake me up. And Jesus simply stood up and said, peace, be still. And the entire storm, the peace speaker in the boat simply stood up and said, peace, be still. And everything calmed and the storm ceased. And that same God, the peace speaker, the God of all creation, is here today to speak peace into the lives and to the heart of the people in this place. I want to display a few attributes of God and who he is. God is love. God is hope. God is joy. God is peace. God is honest. He's pure. He's holy. And he's truthful. He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. I'm so thankful that God is all-knowing. It's creepy that people think that Santa Claus is all-knowing and he can see you. But I'm thankful that God is all-knowing. I'm thankful that God sees my every move and that God sees my every, every concern and my every need. Jesus is healer. He's provider. They call him Jehovah Jireh. He's peace. He's righteousness. He's deliverer. He's friend. He's savior. He's Lord. And he is creator of all things. Man has made some pretty amazing inventions in their time. These are kind of out of order, but I just wrote them down as I thought of them. But man has gone as far as to make planes. That could fly through the air. Pretty amazing. Have you ever been in a plane? I know some of our, I know Mariah was her first time and a couple others when we went. Riley was your first time, right? Damien too, right? All of them. It was their first time in a plane this summer when we went to NAYC. And, and Mariah was probably the scaredest of them. 
And uh, there were a few little Wah! screams randomly. And then there was a guy that screamed a little random, not Damien. There was another guy. He kind of screamed a little bit, Austin. He, he had a little fun with him. It might have been my fault. But <clears throat> the, the, to go on a plane and to fly over the earth from one place to another, it's a pretty amazing invention. Now, I'm sure most of us have been in a train who has not been in a train. Oh, good. Trains are pretty cool. They move faster than cars, so you've all been in a car. That was the next thing on the list. All of us have been in a car. That's how we got here today. Helicopters, pretty cool invention of man. Man's made the computer, made iPod, iPad, laptop computers. Does anybody remember the cordless, the corded car phone? Not even a cell phone. We were talking about this the other day. I thought we were so cool because my dad had a corded car phone. It was awesome. You could call him in the car. He plugged it into, I think, the cigarette lighter, and that's how you got the charge from it. It was, it was awesome. What about things that we take for granted, like chairs? It's a pretty awesome invention for all of you, not really for me because I'm standing here and you're all sitting, but chairs is a pretty cool invention. Tables, things that we use, shovels, rakes, Knives, plows, electric plows, John Deere tractors. Then they had uh, knives and hatchets and bows and arrows, and then they got eventually to guns, and then eventually to missiles and bombs and atomic bombs, nuclear bombs. Man has created some crazy things. Electricity. We have light bulbs. We have television, radio. Man has put a spaceship on the moon. Pretty amazing inventions. Then we have our simple everyday things like our refrigerator and our microwave and our coffee maker. Yeah, coffee make. Thank you, Jesus. I got that for the coffee maker. All the different kinds of food that man has developed to eat. All the different buildings that man has made. All the different, the Great Wall of China, the pyramids, the Eiffel Tower, the Statue of Liberty, going way back, the Trojan Horse. All the different games and sporting events and competitions and things that man, man has made some pretty ingenious creations all throughout time. But also there's some pretty amazing natural phenomenons. The Grand Canyon, Mount Everest, the Northern Lights, volcanoes of all kinds, the Niagara Falls, the Victoria Falls, the Great Barrier Reefs. And then all the animals, all the oceans, all the land, all the mountains, hills, and plains, all the different flowers and trees and vegetation, all life, God formed it all with just words. Pretty amazing that he made trees and plants to make oxygen so that us and the animals could breathe. How he made it to rain so that things could have water that they needed to grow and life to be supported. God made the sun for light and warmth and the moon and stars to direct us at night. He created the earth to sit in perfect orbit around the sun so that we're not too close or too far for us just to be in perfection. God's natural things, creations of God were pretty amazing. Now the plane is nice to fly from one place to another, but God created some things that are essence, essential for survival. <clears throat> Jesus performed some pretty great miracles while he was here on this earth. 
He healed blind eyes. Anybody ever heard the story of blind Bartimaeus? Where he cried out, Jesus, have mercy on me. And what did he do? He healed him. He gave him his sight. He was able to see. God healed leprosy. He literally raised people from the dead. He called the Lazarus, and Lazarus came forth from the dead and came to life again. He cast out demons, the demoniac at Gadara. He, he healed people that were lame. They cut the hole in the roof and lowered the lame man down, and he, he healed him. He said, rise up and walk. Your sins be forgiven you. He healed the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. had been there for over 30 years with the same problem. He healed the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. She had an issue of blood. He healed the man with a withered hand. They told him to stretch out his hand. He opened deaf ears and blind eyes. He walked on water. He turned water into wine. He fed thousands of people with five loaves and two fishes. He forgave sin. The woman at the well in Samaria, he went to her and he said, go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, I know. You've had five already. The woman, the man that you're living with now is not your husband. He And she said, there's a man that knows all things. God did some amazing things. Jesus did some amazing things while he was here on this earth, the God of all creation. But the most amazing of things that God did was he stayed perfect. He stayed pure. He stayed that spotless, pure lamb that could die for the sins of all the world. And then he gave his life for you and for me. And he became our sacrifice. And today, because of that, we can find hope. We can find forgiveness. We can find all of the things that we need because of what he did. Not only did God do amazing things, but he uses man to do amazing things. What happened when he parted the Red Sea? Moses, stretch out your rod. And the Red Sea parted. What happened when Peter met the lame man at the gate? He said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give unto you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. He caused through men's prophecy, he caused famines to start and cease. He caused a little quart of oil to last throughout an entire famine. He caused a man to dip in dirty water seven times and be healed of leprosy because of a prophecy given to him by the prophet. God caused men and women to lay hands on people and see God heal them and change their lives. God used prophets throughout all of time to bring prophecies to what God was going to do. He used people to pray and heal cancer and tuberculosis and all these different things. God, throughout all of time, has used man to do great things for his kingdom. And the God of all creation today wants to use you and me to do great things for his kingdom. He still knows your name. <clears throat> I think it's, it's a very good thing that God knows my name. He knows all that you have need of. He knows your desire. He loves you and desires to have companionship with you. What did he do with Adam and Eve before they sinned in the garden? At the cool of the day, every day, he walked with them. He talked with them. He had companionship and communion with each of them. His desire is to know you and to have a relationship with you. Imagine that. The God of all creation 
He could have made anything that he wanted to have companionship, but he chose man. He chose you and me to be his companions. Animals, trees, everything of the world, they're his subjects. But he wants us to have companionship and communion with him. He chose us to be the ones that he loved. But on the flip side, he knows your name. He knows all these things. God knows every sin that I commit. He knows every negative thought that I have. The Bible says he knows the very thoughts and intents of your heart. He sees how far we wander from him. He sees how often we fail and slip up from him. Yes, the God of all creation knows your name, but do we really know him? Do we really have that closeness, that tightness, that relationship with him? When's the last time I remember calling on the name of the Lord when I wasn't sick or didn't need something from him? We know Jesus as healer, but only when we're sick in our body. We know him as a way maker from a hopeless situation, but only when we are in a hopeless situation. We know that he's a provider, but we only call on him in the times we need him to provide. We know that he's a peace speaker. But we don't come to him unless the storm is out of control and in a way that we cannot do it on our own. We know he is deliverer, but we only call on him at times we need to be delivered. Have we been saved for so long that we've forgotten about our Savior? Have we been, quote unquote, in the church for so long that we forgot how to have communion with God, that we forgot how to make ourselves humble in his presence and allow for the spirit of God to do the things that he desires to do. We so often come to him with our needs, our wants, and our desires, but when's the last time as a church we've simply just said, God, you move today. You minister today. You heal where you desire to heal. You deliver where you desire to deliver. You restore what you desire to to restore but today I'm just going to worship you and allow for your will and your purpose to be done I'm so thankful today that while Jesus was on that cross I was on his mind you know he knew me he knew my faults he knew my fears he knew my failures. He knew that there would be times that I would wander away from him and my prayer life would dwindle. He knew that there would be times that I would have a hard time remembering to read the Bible and to get into the word of God. He knew that there would be times that he would be calling out to me, but I wouldn't be able to hear his voice because I've strayed too far away from him. He knew all of that and still chose to die for me. He knew that I would outright sin and outright turn my back on God from time to time. And still, he died for me. He knew that I would fail him and come short of what he expects from me. But still, he died for me. And I'm so thankful that God did. Today, I want to encourage us that the God of all creation knows who we are.
And we need to get back to the place where we know the God of all creation for myself. I need to get back to a place where when even the very whisper from the voice of God perks in my ears and causes me, my spirit, to rise up and say, yes, Lord, I know your voice. I pray that none of us ever get to a place where we forget the voice of God. Samuel had to go and he heard the Lord say yes or call his name. And I think it was four times he went to the prophet and he had gotten to the place where he didn't recognize the voice of God that was speaking to Samuel. I pray that we never get to that place that we don't recognize the voice of God. But today I want to let us know that the God of all creation is here in this place. There's a song that says, there's no problem too big that God cannot solve it. There's no mountain too tall that God cannot move it. There's no storm too dark that God cannot calm it. There's no sorrow too too deep that God cannot move it. The song says, if he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulders... I know, my brother or my sister, that he will carry you. Let's stand together this morning. I'd like to, as we end the service, to do the same thing that Pastor asked us to do already during our prayer meeting before. I'd like for everyone, if you wouldn't mind, to come to the front. I do believe that God wants to move today. And I know this has not been a deep message It hasn't been dynamic. It hasn't been anything special. But I do know that the presence of the Lord is in this place. And that God has desired from the very moment we started this service to move and to bless and to minister. To to work in our lives and do something. And I want us to know that the God of all creation is standing in this place today. The same God powerful enough to heal all diseases is in this place today. He can still forgive sins. He can still touch spiritual issues. We so often dwell on the physical things that we have and the emotional problems and the financial needs and the things. But God can still heal spiritual issues. Deep-rooted things in our spirit that are keeping us from the presence of God and keeping us from the power that God desires to give. He can heal and touch spiritual issues. Yes, He can relieve, completely alleviate depression and sadness today. He still loves you. Those same two arms that were stretched out on the cross are still here today to wrap those arms of love around you and have that communion, that that companionship, that love that He desires. But today, I think that we just desperately need to feel the presence and the power and the anointing of an almighty God, the creator of the universe that did it all because He desires you. We desperately need to throw our hands up and begin to praise and magnify the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We need a dynamic 
powerful move of God to flow in this place today. And it's going to take for you to desire for God to move. The Almighty God, the God of all creation, is standing here today desiring for you to move to Him. For just a little while this morning, I'd like to challenge us to lose ourselves in the presence of God. Go ahead, begin to praise the Lord. Begin to magnify God. Begin to seek Him and allow the presence and the power of God to move. I promise you, if you would begin to worship God like you've never worshipped Him before, God would move in a way that you have never ever felt Him before. Do you not think that the God that spoke the world into creation can't touch your simple need in your life? Do you think that the God that created light and created man and created all things cannot touch and bless you in the way that you need Him to? He's here today. Yay, God, we need you today, Lord. God, we need a breakthrough of your spirit in this place today, oh God. We need the power and the anointing of God to begin to flow. God, there are people that have yet to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God, that need to feel your presence and your power in this place today, God. Lord, I'm calling upon the God of all creation to, Lord, let your hand come down upon us and begin to touch today, God. Begin to move today, Jesus. Begin to deliver us today, oh God. Lord, begin to heal broken spirits in this place today, God. Lord, begin to cast out spirits that are hindering God in our lives. Lord, begin to cast out things that don't belong inside of us, God. Fears and doubt, Lord, anxiety, God. Lord, hatred, anger, pain. Lord, begin to cast these things out from our lives, Lord, and allow for you to move, to minister, to bless today. praise you today. Come on, church. God's ability to move upon us is dependent upon our desperation for Him. Twelve years the woman had an issue of blood, and it wasn't until she got desperate enough to crawl through a crowd and touch the hem of Jesus' garment that's when she was finally able to be healed. The ability of God to move depends on your desperation and your desire for Him today. Yeah, God, we need you, Lord. We need you today, oh God. Let your power flow, God. Let your spirit flow today, Jesus. God, begin to deliver, I pray today, Lord. Begin to touch, Lord. Give someone a desire, a desperation for you today, Jesus.
ministering to us today. There's a lot I could say this morning, but I am not. Um, we need to allow what the Lord has um, chosen to speak to us about today to um, get into our hearts. Too, too often we hear something and we like to deflect and say, well, perfect for somebody else and yet God is trying to speak to our hearts as an individual and we must allow him to do that amen so I trust and pray that you would allow the word of the Lord to um, challenge you and do what uh, God is trying to do Uh, we are in desperate times we are in a time where our enemy is working so hard we need to work harder than him. Amen. Because Jesus is coming soon. He is coming soon. And uh, we need to be ready and we need to be helping prepare others to get ready also. Praise God. So thank you, Brother Andrew, for ministering to us today. Thank you for being out to the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. 
What a great opportunity we have to come to church, don't we? Amen. And we're so, so appreciative that the Lord has allowed us to do that. Amen. We did get a great revelation this morning that Dan's an elephant. Amen. Don't know which Danny was talking about. Amen. But um, God is good. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. Praise God. Uh, don't forget Tuesday night. Amen. Let's be out uh, for service. Uh, and let's plan on having a great time. We'll be having communion Tuesday night and just uh, dinner and just fellowship with everybody and, and uh, spend time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And have a great time. And we'll get you home before. get you how can I say this kindly we'll get you home before all the crazies come out on the highways and before all the roadblocks get set up to check for drunken people I wonder what would happen I really wonder what would happen if the the spirit of the Lord just moved and we became drunk in the spirit and we got stopped by a police officer he says walk the line and all you can do is speak in tongues amen it would be a it'd be quite an interesting quite an interesting thing amen i'll come bail you out amen it'd be a great thing though but let's plan on on having a great service on tuesday amen and asking the lord to bless us and, and have his way praise god amen god's good isn't he Amen. Amen. Turn around to somebody, greet them in the name of the Lord. Amen. You're dismissed this morning in Jesus' name.